Thanks for tuning into The Big Idea. I'm Michael Anderson, and we have Tom Spence. We have a great show for you today. We're honoring fathers, parents, dads, fatherhood. And as always, we hope to make the next 30 minutes a very good investment of your time. Today's show is brought to you by GEICO Local Office, car and homeowner's insurance for the 805. You could save up to 15%. Call Greg Mock of GEICO Local Office, 805-487-7847. And today we're going to be talking about being a father, being a dad. What is it like to be a real dad? Everyone can be a father, but what is it to be a dad? What has your experience been and what would you want it to be for your children when they have children? For all of these different scenarios, we're going to get into it today. And uh, we have Tom Spence joining us on the program. He's a father. And, uh, you know, Spence, I think of my own experience growing up with my dad. Of course, it's easy to think about those memories. And there are a lot of things I could say about this. But the first thing I'll say is that I think he showed me the biggest thing, which was love. But there were a lot of things he didn't show me, which were things where you you provide for the family in a way that was stable in a structured home. And that gap of not providing that allowed many other people to emerge that showed up in my life as like a second father figure and really, really helped me out. So I have many people to think of over the course of a Father's Day and honor parenthood, whether it's the real dad or whether it's being being a dad and showing up as a dad in someone's life. So many people come to mind when I think of fatherhood and, and giving thanks to my dad. Yeah, with me, my dad provided, but everything was since he was a depression dad. While we got the meals, we got everything, you always knew that you were lucky to have it. And that was a very strange situation to be raised in because you didn't feel that it was brought to you through love. You felt that everything had a price tag. And it made for an uncomfortable upbringing as far as generosity goes. It was weird. And that's all I can say. He was a tough guy. He was a, a, a war uh, hero, air quotes, because I think all of them that were in combat were heroes, as was his brother. But that upbringing from 1920 with the Depression in 29 and his first job being shooting at Germans, uh, he had a tough upbringing and he let me know it. I went into Google and I put in this in the search. I said, what does it mean to be a father? I just put that in Google. And some interesting responses came back. I'll read a few of them. This is from Cora. Uh, being a father means raising your children into respectable adults by teaching and being actively involved in their lives. A father is a role model and a hero. He is strong shoulder to cry on and someone to lift you up in your successes. Being a father is all these things and more. I would agree with that. Well put. Someone kind of took some time writing that out. This was on uh, Huffington Post. It said, while almost any man can father a child, there is so much more to the important role of being dad in a child's life. Let's look at 
who father is and why he is so important. Fathers are central to the emotional well-being of children, and they are capable caretakers and disciplinarians. Now, was your dad a disciplinarian? Mine was kind of the opposite of a disciplinarian. He, there was no structure. It was, you know, you go to bed, you know, there just wasn't, there was a, almost idle threats, but there was very rarely the actual, the actual result of not following with the request. Mine was 100% structured. And while my dad never hit me, what he would do is he would take away time. And I don't know if he got this from military. He was with the Royal Canadian Air Force, uh, obviously different from the good old U.S. of A. But my dad's thing was, and he was tough on it, if you did something wrong and he felt that you deserved punishment, he would say, in your room Friday night when he got home from school and you didn't get out of your room until Monday morning. Wow, that is Literally, and I mean literally. No radio, television wasn't in a room back then. Um, no records, I could read a book. And I would be on a 72-hour hold, and that is no exaggeration. Now, how old were you when that punishment uh, would be there? The punishment of that type probably went until I was like 13, all the way. When it, did it start, though? I mean, uh, when you're two as, years old? As and... long as I can remember. Okay. It was shut the door, and dinner was in the room, and no dessert. And it was like it was just like a jail. It was door open, here's your dinner, door shut. When people think you're exaggerating, nope. That's exactly how it was. Never got hit, but time was taken away. Saturday afternoon in July, if you screwed up, you heard the kids playing right on the street, and you just sat there. And there was never a reprieve, And I, I, as my witness. Now, how much of a screw-up would you have to do to get that type of a punishment? I mean, that does seem like a harsh punishment, but what would be the crime that would warrant that type of punishment? It was hard to gauge because it was yeah. just stuff that, that irritated him, and— that could be even more scary if you don't yeah, know. The randomness of it was very strange. Now, what I got good at because of him is I became incredibly stealth in my goofing off. They didn't find out a lot of stuff I did because I thought, okay, if that's how it's going to be, I better be careful. Still went out and goofed around, uh, but that was it. With my, my mom and dad were just from that generation. And I think kids from that generation either felt overloved because they felt I went through the depression, so I'm going to lavish my kids with stuff or I went through the depression, they're going to feel part of that. I was on that side. That's really interesting. I mean, yeah. that, re that really is. I think of uh, my children today, they were out playing, they're turning the water on. I say, hey, you're not supposed to do that. Turn it off. And the sprinkler, you know, the oscillators going on to water an area in the backyard. And, and as they're doing that, they did it twice. And finally, you know, it was kind of fun and cute. And but then it's like, you know, they're just definitely not listening to me. We've done it twice now. I call them in. I have them all sit down in a timeout and they're sitting there. And the timeout was two minutes long. Mm -hmm. You think of you think of punishments. And I think I'm guilty of this. I feel like I don't punish them enough. I feel like a lot of my friends with their children nowadays, we don't punish enough our children today. And uh, and I find that. I guess interesting. Yeah, with me, the way I, I do call it's a modified version of what my dad did. I uh, take him into his room. I shut the door, but I stay with him. And I bring in a book. And I'll say, and he hasn't had to have this for ages. And I'll just say, okay, you know what you did? And when you want to talk about it, say something. I'll start reading. And he knows I would read in that chair for 48 hours. And so usually about 20 minutes in, okay, we talk it out, then we can go outside. Because the only thing I need is correction. 
I don't need for good behavior. He gets out quick. But there has to be a moment where he says, "Okay, I see what I did and I'll ask him. I'll have him talk through it. And then when we're done, I'll say, do you get where I'm going? And he'll say yes. And I said, "Okay," And we'll go outside again. So always I deal in conversation. That's that's how I do punishment. Psychology Today answers the question, why are dads so important? And it says, the way that fathers play with their children also has an important impact on the child's emotional and social development. So children with involved caring fathers also have better educational outcomes. So the influence of a father's involvement extends into adolescence and into young adulthood. You know, this is kind of interesting because um, sometimes you think of uh, the fun time dad, you know, and I, I see this sometimes occasionally if there's a divorce or a split up separation and the time when the child is with dad, it's we're going to be doing all fun time stuff. And it's interesting because that has its own issues. It's not just all playtime. Like when you're just having fun and you don't deal with the real stuff, then sometimes I think that almost may... I don't know, that may create an unintended consequence of having another issue. With going uh, back to a Tom Likas, who is a great radio guy, uh, his thing with dating women always was if the first night you take her to see the Phantom in L.A. at the Pantages, out to a lobster dinner, and then on the way home you stop and uh, enjoy uh, late night drinks, he says, you've already done way too much at the front, so how are you going to top it? And I think with kids, and I know some divorced daddies, if you're Disneyland dad, you always become that guy. And I think that's a very, very dangerous position. You have to have your kids willing to go with you and walk on the beach and hang in the park and throw Frisbee. Because if you always have to throw that, unless you have bank and you can just say, I can constantly fill that, I would start worrying that they're not here for me. They're here for Disney, Magic Mountain, Knott's Berry Farm, the Dodger game, the Kings game. And if you always have to play at that level, you're not worth it. And I would want to make sure that they, the kid's fine with uh, uh, going up to uh, the Botanical Gardens and the Cross, taking a hike, and just having a conversation, and then uh, going back down the hill. I would worry about the Disneyland dad thing. Yeah, you, you want to be, I think, sensitive to having fun and playing and enjoying each other, but also having the moments where you, there can be some authenticity with real struggle. There's something powerful to being vulnerable, allowing them to see some of your struggles. And I think how you navigate and deal with those as they get a little older into adolescence and young adulthood, they're not missing the fact that there are issues. They'll know if you're hiding them or not. And I think that's an interesting kind of thing that sometimes comes up. But hey, we can talk about this too. How about the song Johnny Cash, A Boy Named Sue? Boy, that was a special song. I still remember the first time I heard that song. And it was such a kind of that that moment at the end. It was like a real like, wow, how about that? If that's why he did it, because you'd either be tough or you'd be done. And I do believe Shel Silverstein wrote the lyrics to that. The great Shel. Did he really? Silverstein. I'm I'm positive. Wow. I will have that answer officially at the end of the program because I, I came out with it without Googling, and we will see. But it is one of those songs. Cats in the Cradle is a great song, Harry Chapin. The whole thing, Cats in the Cradle, Silver Spoon, where the kid comes up to him, let's play. Oh, I've got to go work. Dad, can I do this? i got to go work. And in the end, when the kid comes to visit, the kid leaves and the dad says, my boy is just like me. 
And it's one of those things, not paying attention to the kid, having to do stuff. And then when the kid's older and has his own kids, hey, dad, and it goes in that cycle. Cats in the Cradle is a very difficult song for daddies. Interesting. Yeah. I'll have to Harry listen to Chapin, that one a little Cats more closer. I've heard spoon. it, but I've I've yeah. not really found the... That's a tough one. Mm. <laughs> Doesn't end well. How about the one... Uh, I really remember that scene in the movie Broiler Room. The, the boy comes in and he's starting this business that's uh, going really well. But the business is is a gambling business and gambling was not legal. He's trying to get the affection and approval and validation of his dad and he's proud of this business that he started that's doing quite well his dad chastises him he says listen seth i'm not your friend here i'm your father i'm not going to tell you it's okay to do something that is illegal and wrong you're not going to find that from me you can go talk to your mom about that that's wrong and you don't have my approval it's interesting to see that sometimes i think there's a big divide among if you're trying to be their friend or if you're trying to show them right and wrong. And if there's a big divide as well of what the child wants, like at moments they want validation, they want approval, they want some, you know, you know, please give me that, while some parents just never do. And oftentimes it can rightfully be so. I mean, if you're doing something that's wrong and you're going to hold the line on it, it's like, what, what do you want? It's wrong. Sometimes you see it the other way where – no matter what they do, the parent's going to say it's great. The, the daddy goggles, as you like to call them, Spence, they're just, no matter what they do, it's the best that's ever been done at that thing. Yeah, other kids are insane, but your kids, well, they had to do that for a reason. It's one of the things that teachers run into these days. My little angel, my little prince, why did you get mad at them? Why did you, why did you give them a seed? It's getting awful. And uh, from our point of view, we don't do that. We support our kids 100%. I had a very interesting issue happen in hockey recently. I'll try to do it in 30 seconds. Last season, my son's team won the championship. He scored the fifth most goals in the league. He led the team in many situations, and this year the coach did not pick him for varsity. I was stunned, but I went to the coach, asked him a few questions. He gave his answers. And I said, well, you're taking the leading score away. But I said, Coach, that's your choice, and uh, we have to live with it, but so do you. And I went back to Cole. Cole was really upset, but I said, dude, this is how it goes. This is a coach's choice. You have to star again on JV. But I'm not going to rant and rave and kick and scream. Cole has to realize going into uh, the bigger life that there's going to be a boss where you cross all the T's, dot the I's, and you get booted, and there's going to be another guy who loves you. And... I hate to say that's the way of the world, but that's how it comes up. But isn't it, though? I mm -hmm. mean, sometimes you get a dealt a very bad card, and you just got to go with it. You get beat in a very bad way, whether it's not just or right, and what are you going to do about it? Mm -hmm. You can sit there and complain about it. You can be the victim and, and never get past it and let it hold you down. Or you could be like Michael Jordan. Just get better. You can go yeah. and... And say, all right, and and get better and want to. But it's tough. I mean, because that's a hard pill to swallow as a parent and as a child. I mean, that is very, very difficult. It's amazing to me how emotional it gets. And I didn't realize it till my son, he's seven years old, my oldest now. And he was playing baseball and on the baseball field. 
boy, did the emotions come out. They've never, mm-hmm. these things started happening that have never happened before. It's like, you're, you're, and you, you become the version that sometimes, you know, I see in my wife, her defend, you know, something about the children. The, the, the joke or the comment is like, oh, mama bear, you don't want to get mama bear upset. Daddy bear has rarely had to come out and, you know, and, and do something. But it was in these sports situations where I felt like, Daddy Bear was really getting the fuels, the blood was boiling in moments where you felt like there was just something not right happening in uh, this competitive landscape. Oh, it's tricky. It's difficult to be a parent. Yeah, this was a hard one for me because all of my logic told me, why wouldn't you pick him? It makes it just on a stat sheet alone. And I didn't like what he said, but I'm like, yeah, you're the boss. There you go. And like I said, I'll live it and you'll live it. And I think he made a poor decision. And I went to Cole and I explained it to him. And now we're going to try harder, lift more weights, and eat some beef and become what is needed. And that's it. And that's how we carry on. I like that. Yes. And then Aubrey, I go to dance class and she entertains me endlessly. I got a boy and a girl. So how about the parents that uh, have the parenting style? Parenting styles are always interesting to me. But the parenting style, my dad was the quintessential do as I say, not as I do. And that's an interesting parenting style. In many ways, I, I saw the way he was doing many things, and I did not want to do it the way that he did it. He created a lot of problems for himself, and it kind of became this idea of, you know, it's not a coincidence that the car isn't running right now. That's what happens when you don't put oil in it, and mm-hmm. you don't take care of it. And you don't, you know, it's not a coincidence that these things keep happening that are, they're not just coincidence. It's not a coincidence. You're not taking care of stuff that needs to be taken care of. Yeah, and with me, it was, uh, my dad had some fabulous qualities. He had a, a toughness that uh, wouldn't miss work. He had a great work ethic. I took all that from him, I believe. I didn't take some of his financial sensibilities with me, which is unfortunate. Wanting to have a little too much fun there, I might have, I might have made some uh, errors in that area where he didn't. Uh, many looked at him as the classic Scottish accountant miser, uh, but he did what he thought was important. My dad was come home, walk the driveway, the sidewalk, to the house, come in, Sal, I'm home into the room, wallet goes one place, he was a machine. Take off his shoes, put on his slippers, come on out, sit down, read National Geographic. That was the party. That's what I was invited to every single day. And that was it, and that was, and I mean that was it. That was my dad's life. So some of us, as we become parents, we decide to, you know, we say, we may say, I don't wanna be like my parents when I get older. And then we become them, and in other cases, and in your case, I think you're sharing, Spence, that you did the opposite. You said, I don't want to be my parents and, you know, or my dad. And, and you, for the most part, tried to do the opposite in many ways as far as that goes. I guarantee you I'm much more fun. I don't recall my dad doing the goofy stuff I'm doing at my age, you know, ever. And I think uh, the kids are entertained and also taken care of. But again, there are some things my dad did very well that I maybe should have looked at a little more closely. Even though we weren't close, he, he did some things quite well. Yeah. So I give him compliments there. I think it was uh, one of the one thing I always respected about my dad was uh, was just that he was, I think, present enough for me that the love was there. I've always I always felt that. He, that he loved me, but I, he had these things that he did that always hindered him. 
Mm-hmm. You know, he he did have an addiction problem. He he had some issues with gambling. He had, you know, just issues that that bubbled up. And when you have some types of addictions, often that's a greater strength than the love concept. Even though I knew the love was there, these addictions are so strong that they overpower his love to provide in certain ways. And that's not fair and that's not right. But I've always kind of understood that at a level that didn't make me resent him for that. For that reason, in many ways, I've never felt comfortable putting myself in a place where addictions might get the hold of me. So I've tried to abstain from from that. And it's it's an interesting thing, I think, to think about and to talk about because I don't talk about it all the time. But here we are talking about fathers and, uh, you know, and, and things things come up. Yeah, you could find yourself plummeting into the same hole as some of my friends did. Because the old thing, the cool parents when I was a kid, I will say flat out, were mostly bad parents. They were the ones that would allow the keggers. They were the ones that allow. And while that might have seemed fun at the time, I really needed a parent. I had one friend whose dad was spectacular. He was really fun. But boy, if you stepped out of line, the foot stomp happened and everybody went to, um, you know, it's like, okay, what do we do? Mr. Metzger's mad. And we knew, but he was a great, he was, I would say, aligning a perfect dad in my life. He was great. He was just great. Very fun, but disciplined. And the, the, the mix of that, and he was a military man too, a career military man, but that guy knew how to have fun, and he knew the pots were banging when stuff went wrong, and watch it. But, and to me, that's a great dad. Because you get, we went to Taco, I, I would look and we, we went to Taco Bell on a Tuesday? Who does that? You know, not my family ever, but Mr. Metzger wanted to go have some fun. He would go do that. But then we'd be out there, you know, helping him do work around the house just because he was a cool dude. That was a, a good place to be. Yeah, I think you want to thread the needle between mm-hmm. having structure and discipline and also being able to have fun and, and enjoy life and enjoy relationships and events but also it comes back to there's times where we need to buckle down and do what yeah. we need to do. The and hippie parents for a lot of parts were problems. Yeah. I know some of you out there were great, uh, but some of them were, were a little difficult. Father's Day gift, what do you think? What, what is the gift you want for today? For Oh, gosh. For what is Father's Day? I, and a gifty gifty. <laughs> you can't just say, oh, I just want to be with my family. Let's say you could get a gift. What would it be? I've not thought a lot about this because I'm mm-hmm. not asking and I didn't ask for any gift. I, I think I think time. I think um, probably just you know. I currently I've been into some technology stuff. So I mean, it could be a a, a small gift card to a Best Buy or Fries. That would be kind of cool. Or some new headphones. I don't know. Gift cards come in very very high. Number two, a smart speaker for gadget loving daddies. They mentioned that. And gift cards come in to get him the right smart gift. He might have a certain thing that he wants. A subscription service is very interesting. That would be like to the Dollar Shave Club. That mm, would be like to yes. Amazon. That would be something like that, just to see if they would like it. Another thing that Daddy really wants. I love this one. Simply a hammock. Just put up <laughs> a hammock for Dad, saying, Dad, you can relax here every once in a while, and you'll have a good time. This one is bizarre. A slow cook. Who? Hmm. What? <laughs> a slow cooker? Are you a barbecue? Yes, but a slow cooker for crying out loud. Here, Dad, a slow cooker. Uh, that's uh, kind of off the wheels. The other ones I like very gadgety, and I do like practical things that still, for me, as I have like a Dodger shirt on now, a King shirt, but with like a new shave kit because I do have to shave. So that's neat. That's it. 
I definitely observe the joke that always goes out around Father's Day, which is the hang in there, dads. It's almost time for Father's Day. And it's a Mm -hmm. picture of some like really hold holy with multiple holes in them underwear or socks with multiple holes in them. And, you know, I kind of like shake my head and like, okay, yeah, ha ha. That's funny. And then, boy, if it isn't true, though. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So uh, things for dad. Um, have some fun. A fishing trip, I think, is a wonderful thing. Spend some time and do things like that. You know, hiking and the like are, are really good. I think as for that, dads are pretty easy. Mother's Day was really cool. My wife was able to do a puzzle with her mom and her sisters. And I thought that was just a special way because if you can do something and spend time together and enjoy each other's company, you're right in the sweet spot of, uh, of having a good time and making a memory. You know, that's really, really important. You know, one thing that I think about is, you know, with my dad, it was, it was fascinating because you don't know how much your father loves you until you yourself have a child. And I heard people say that and I never really understood it until the day I had a child. Mm -hmm. It was so emotional. Yeah, definitely. And I was a late daddy. I was really concerned about how I might react. So I I didn't have a child until, let's do the math here. I think I was 44. I hate it when I have to do math. That's old. (laughs) And that's that's, uh, that's, an old uh, daddy. Yeah. And then, um, you know, Aubrey came a few years after that. And it's it's funny, but it did me nothing but good. Love the kids. I, I just absolutely enjoy my rides with the Aubrey. She's quick-witted. She's funny. She says things in very, very strange, unique, but clever ways. And, uh, and Cole's a blast just because he's a dude. Any dad jokes that come to mind? Of course, that's the thing now that gets talked about a lot is, uh, oh, dad jokes, you know, as you have your quirky but funny little little quips as they come out. With my, uh, with Aubrey especially, she'll just look at me and she says, you know, I just have to say this, but as far as singing goes, you get an F minus and I would like you to stop. And she'll just say that, looking me right in the eye, like, I'm just telling you how it is, Dad. And if I crack a joke, she says, is that all you got? And that's, oh, that, yeah, that's an Aubrey stab. And that's, that's pretty funny. That is yeah, pretty funny. That's pretty funny. But that, that's where she goes. Sure, sure. Yeah. Well, we're getting beyond the why is six afraid of seven? Because seven, eight, nine. Yeah. You know, and so my kids are seven, five, and three, and, and uh, we're having fun. They still enjoy those. But a special thanks to all the fathers out there. It's not an easy job, but it is an important job. And whether you are the father or you are being the dad, it is a very, very important role. And a special thanks to everyone in my life. My dad, I did love him, but I had a number of other people that were father figures, and I just want to say thank you to them as well. These were my friends' parents. These were my my uncles, in, and these were my some teachers, just some very influential people in my life. So a um, lot to think about over Father's Day. Hope everyone has a wonderful day today, and thank you for tuning in to The Big Idea. Be sure to catch us on iTunes. Special thanks to our sponsor, which is Boyd & Associates, providing home security to Southern California. You can get more information about them. Call 805-650-3267 or visit boydsecurity.com. And also, big thank you to Era Energy, powered by safety, innovation, and community. We help keep California moving forward. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time. Go, go, go.